process of planetary awakening has progressed to the point where consciousness or the soul is well established and becoming exoteric. The principles and practices that are needed to generate a healthy, enlightened and sustainable global society are increasingly well known and recognized across a wide range of cultures. This spread is the fruit of seeds that were once planted in small pockets or nurseries of consciousness that might be called the mystery schools. The work of the modern mystery school is to germinate seeds of will or purpose through the revelation of the core energy or life force that lies not only at the core of our planetary life expression, but that is not separate from the one life of the universe. The generation of a reservoir of will within the consciousness of advanced humanity provides the dynamic evolutionary charge required for the full emergence and demonstration of the planetary soul on the physical plane. Some wise person wrote that. <laughs> 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 yeah. No. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I'm a gardener of dark seeds. And... It's time for those dark seeds to emerge. So I want to talk to your souls. I want to talk to the peace that's inside your soul that is eternal. And I feel like sometimes I'm a, I'm a guardian of a mystery and most of my life is about learning how to, to talk about it, bring it forth, encourage it, reveal it. It's all the same thing though. It's that mystery of the dark. And it's the mystery of what true power is and where power comes from and how to support the emergence of that power in others, particularly others who love. That's my main focus is to how to gather those who love and help them reveal the power that lives inside that love. So the coronavirus is is going to come and go another couple of years and it will pass. But there's something here right now that's going to last much longer. And of course, the deep part of that is the eternal part of your being. But from that place, from out of the eternal, comes will and purpose. And it's that will and purpose that I most want to see germinate here. For me, I know that I'm, I'm here now at Haydn because in my 40s, some deep part of me just said yes one day. I used the will. And I don't say the will, it's not my will. I didn't use my will. I used the will. I said yes from that part of me that lives outside time and space of this life. The part of me that already knew why I'm in incarnation, that knows where the incarnation is going. Not in the particular, in the detail, but in the essence. The part of me that knows that we're in for this year, this year. That knowing that comes from beyond time and space the knowing that is a vibration in the core of your soul, that's the living word of your being, the knowing that most of us avoid because the consequences of knowing what we know are too great for the identity that we are riding. So I'm standing here because 20 years ago I said yes from that place of will and everything stemmed from that. There is such a power inside the human soul that if I want leverage on the planet, if I want to influence the planet, the best place to go is inside the human soul. There is such a deep power there. And in 20 years' time, I would like to be on a planet where that dark seed in each of you is flowered into the dark rose of your version, your version of this temple whatever that is for you. Not something that your mind makes up, something you already know, down deep. 
if you are willing to turn yourself towards that knowing, if you're willing to face what really matters at the core of your soul. And if you're willing to stand in that place and say yes from that place, then everything else will follow. The huge mistake that most humans make is that they think power is something outside of what lives at the core of their own being. And they give their power away as a result. If we truly knew what power is and where it comes from, then the world would change rapidly. So I want to talk today about will. And also the difference between desire and will. And the difference between the ecstatic and the erotic. So a lot of this work is building us towards a deep confrontation with our own power. And more than our own power, with power itself. What that is, how it's emerging, and how we can ride it. Because a lot of people, when they experience the ecstatic, and they experience the mystery, they want to surrender to it, which is beautiful. And they want to live a life of surrender to the mystery. I'm following the mystery. Don't tie me down. I'm going where the mystery goes. Tomorrow I might be here. The next day here. The mystery is the core of my life. Okay, that's half of it. Yes, surrender your personal desires and life and so on to the mystery to love. But the mystery wants to be focused. It wants to be ridden into incarnation. It wants to be grounded in matter. And that requires your will. Mm. You don't just follow the mystery, you direct the mystery. Mm. But not your body-mind. It's your soul that can ride the mystery. Ride the dragon of emptiness into form. So learning how to use the will learning how to ride the will, to focus the mystery, to focus the ecstatic, so that it enters into and creates the seeds of a new civilization. Peter Kingsley said, all civilizations are created and destroyed from a state of ecstasy, which is to say, everything arises from the eternal and goes back to it. And so if anything really new is to come, it must come from that place. And that place exists inside us. So anything that we create that's not from that place is just imitation. It's the Chinese replicating something. It's the, in Egypt, the papyrus shops. Everything that is not coming from the eternal is not truly creative. It's intelligent replication of something that already exists. So anything truly new has got to come out of the dark. And there's so many people wanting to create new civilization from the old civilization. Unless you have faced the root of what lives at the core of the old civilization, which is what's happening out there with the coronavirus, you can't create new civilization. You just have pretty words. And that root is death. The difference between the ecstatic and the erotic is death particularly death of identity and body-mind. Because you can't, you can't create inside the box from the eternity that lives outside. Which is kind of why the erotic path normally leads eventually towards death. Have you noticed that? The people following the deep erotic, they want to actually go to being strangled or, you know, some way of, conf of confronting death. Because <coughs> for the erotic to go to the ecstatic, it's got to go through the gateway of death. And for desire to go to will, it's got to go through the gateway of death. The death of the self. So that then the deeper self that knows how to ride the eternal can manifest 
in the world. And then we can have a soul culture. We can't have a soul culture because the body-mind learns the language of the soul and knows how to replicate it and, you know, produce it and that's nothing new. So, and in fact, it can be worse than materialism because now people think that they are the new when they're not and so now there's no, nothing to hope for because they already have decided inside themselves that they are free. So that's another trap. So to have power, that power of the eternal, you first of all have had to surrender into it. You've had to surrender into the death, to the dying. So then the part of you that is already beyond your death can manifest inside your body-mind and in your life. And the thing is we all have moments of this all of the time, so it's nothing new. And what I would love you to have tomorrow as we do the initiation here is I'd love you to have a moment. And in that moment, outside the, the temporal and the finite, in that moment when the ecstatic current is running, you have an opportunity to ride it, to direct it with will. And I'd like to invite you not to take the bypass, which is, well, I will a life of love and freedom and, you know, I want you to be specific. I want when we get together beyond this incarnation on the realms of the subtle planes and we have a chat about life on earth, I want you to be able to meet that chat with your own integrity, with what you actually did while you were here and where you showed up from. Because if new civilization's coming, people like you are the seeds of it. And what you decide, not just what the mystery shows you, that's one half, what you decide as a soul, what you commit yourself to, what you say you will do, that's the other half. Because it sets, us, it sets up a whole motion of things which would otherwise never happen. Remember I said earlier, an initiate is the cause of evolution, not the result. An initiate then, in that term, is a soul riding the infinite, directing the current of the ecstatic here, focused in this area. So when you are in your body-mind word, you don't want to give your word because your soul resists it, because you know the word of your body-mind and the desire of your body-mind will one day need to be broken by something deeper. So it's not about giving your word and a mission statement and following through. It's bringing in the living word of your soul. And that living word is going to last your entire life. It's not something that's going to change next week or in 10 years' time you'll outgrow. That's in the realm of personal will and desire. Your soul will is for the life, at least, maybe deeper and longer. So when you ride that current, when you ride the current of the will of your soul connected to the eternal, you are committing your incarnation, the resources of this incarnation, to bring that dark seed into manifestation amongst a group of others who are doing that. And that is both freedom, because you are free then of trying to figure out what to do with your life, and it's also a deep commitment, because you have decided to show up for who you really are, not get glimpses of it every now and then, let it drop in out. You've decided you're showing up for who you are. And I know in my life there were many, many, many times I regretted that, yes. I regretted it because I made of myself, I made for myself a limitation of all of the things that I could have done and the ecstasy of the universe that could have taken me. I channeled that and said this. This matters so much to me, I will give my life for it. It was there before incarnation, it was there after. This is what I'm doing. But as soon as I stepped out of that knowing, now I'm in, but hold on, 
you know, you just committed my entire life in one path and direction and all of the other possibilities have now gone. And no, nobody else did that. I did that. Can't blame God or inspiration or the ayahuasca ceremony or whatever the hell it was that, you know, was the outer form. I decided. And just like trauma, you can't change trauma from a lesser energy than when it's created, which is why people try to rerun their trauma so that they can get to the root of it. You can't change your will from a lesser level than when it's created. So when the soul shows up in your life and you say yes, you can't change that from some lesser level. It's that level of yes. You have put a rod in the ground, an anchor that says yes. And then you spin around that for a while until you come back into it and you can actually live it. You can live what your peak experience said yes to. And when you can do that, you're just so fucking grateful that some part of you did that. Some part of you tied you to the ground and held you to who you are and believed in who you are until you could live it, until you could actually demonstrate it with your whole being. So the masculine side of the more feminine, follow your mystery, follow the mystery, surrender to the mystery, is ride the mystery into a very specific piece of new civilization that you are personally responsible for. Wow, look how cheerful the room is. <laughs> it is so much fun. In essence, it's the outside of the soul's landing. Yes. This is the new civilization landing. And it is just like all responsibility, even in the body-mind realm, responsibility can feel heavy. It's a weight. That's why you have the surrender that's the other half of it. That's why you have the feminine to go with the masculine. That, yes, it's surrender and bliss and beauty and you know, joy beyond imagination and better orgasms and ecstasy flowing through every cell. And it's an incredible responsibility. If you are a cell of humanity that has that and you are here for the whole, then you, you inevitably have a responsibility. But the truth is you already have that anyway. As a soul, you already took the responsibility in your incarnation. That's why you're here. So actually, when you own it and remember it and live it, it's a relief. It's a peace that says, oh, thank God I'm not avoiding anymore who I am, why I'm here, and what I'm for. Yeah. And I feel that I'm ready for, but the inspiration Sure. Yeah, I get it. But that's the, the part of you that is, is inspired is the part that already knows. So all it's looking for you is to do as your body mind is just make space for that. You can't, you can't produce it if it's not there, but you can make space for it to enter. And collectively, we've just moved into making space, right? Everybody's lives changed so you can make space for something else. And like I said yesterday, the coronavirus is a distraction. It's like even the Black Plague was a distraction compared with, with um, Newton's Principia. There are more important things than our focus on the externals because something lives inside the human soul that is eternal and infinite, and that very thing is what's trying to manifest into new civilization. So... Part of it is letting it ride into the world through you. Captain Crazy's coming, and he's on the inside of you. And the other is riding that, deciding where to direct that dark nectar that's pouring in from the eternal. Where specifically is that going to flow, and how do I ground it? How do I earth it? It's current. I can ride the ecstatic current, but if I direct it, then it earths. And what a temple is, is an earthing of the ecstatic current. What this place is, if you could see it from the inner worlds, is a stream of that dark nectar from the galactic center penetrating the earth to the core 
and then energy fields dancing around it. That's what a temple is. And that temple has to manifest through living human beings that are pillars in that temple. They have to have the dark current in them for it to be held. So it doesn't matter whether you're a songwriter or whether you're a politician or whether you are a sacred sexuality worker. It's that current of dark through the core of you that will hold the temple. And when the earth itself has been penetrated so many times by human beings running that dark ecstatic current, it will reveal itself to us as this magnificent being that it is. And it will be much better than just watching the sunset you know, over the ocean, like the, the life that's waiting for earth, if humans really get this. The civilization will be so vastly different from what we know. And we're at the beginning of that. So the 30 people in this room are all carrying that dark seed. That's why you're here. You wouldn't have been resonant to this if that wasn't here. And what the mystery school really is, from an esoteric perspective, is it gradually peeling away of whatever is in the way of the revelation of that dark seed inside you. So you can own it and be it and use that power to externalize it in the world. Yeah. You know. There's nothing you can do about that, though, because the mind will do what the mind does until you're done with it, just like desire will do what it does until it's burned out. But basically, we're all in a process of like learning and training ourselves until the current can run stably. Mm -hmm. So for most of us, it runs, and then we get distracted, and then it runs, and then... Um, but there's... How you can tell when somebody's actually in the ecstatic current is that they are congruent with what actually happens. Mm -hmm. If you're a scientist, get your mind to audit you based on what you thought was the ecstatic current compared with what is. Because life is. The difference between the living word and your word is the difference between Jesus raising Lazarus or you saying you'll go to the gym. Okay? You say you're going to the gym may or may not happen. Or it may happen for a while and then it doesn't happen. The living word is always aligned with life. The living word will always raise the dead to life. It will reveal more life. So, you know, the old unhealthy masculine has a good idea and then grips that idea and tries to ride that forever and force other people to submit to it and... But the healthy masculine is the living word. It's vibrating. It can move, but its purpose doesn't shift. Because it is, the purpose is a vibration. And I'll get into that a little bit more. But what you want to activate in yourself for the will is the power of the living word. And so you then know, you don't have to think. The, the beauty of it is you never really have to think again about what you should do. Like, and that can, that can solve a whole lot of stuff. It's a bit like, you know, when people get married and then they realize, okay, at least that one's sorted. You know, I've sorted that one. <laughs> and if you are, like, being married to love, now, like, that solves a whole lot of romantic issues from your life. <laughs> being married to purpose and to power at the core of love solves all of that what should I do with my life thing. doesn't mean that you... You know, it might not go this way or that way, follow the lightning somewhere else, but you don't have to be in that endless longing to know who you are and why you're here. You know it. Okay, so I want to talk about a little more about the difference between the desire and will and the ecstatic and the erotic because it's the journey between duality and singularity. The revelation of what's coming that's part of the black hole and... The, the mystery inside the atom and so on is a singularity. And in the body, 
that singularity shows up. It's why we do our sexual work and our consciousness work and our heart work because the three major places that duality shows up is in our sexuality, in our heart, and in our consciousness. Okay, and we've already been through most of this, but I want to make it clear to you that, that when you have polarity, then you have desire and you have eros. It's a wonderful world, the duality world. It's an electromagnetic universe, polarity. Where you have polarity, you generate an electric field, electromagnetic waves, and then something reveals itself. Just like the Shushumna reveals itself if you get behind the duality of Ida and Pingala. Okay, the singularity reveals itself behind the duality. But the trouble is, when we are still in the dual realm, and you have to be honest with yourself that most of us still are in the dual realm. When we're in the dual realm, we, we realize this, like let's do it at the heart level because you get that easier. You realize the singularity of the heart through engaging love. You fall in love, and when you fall in love, you create polarity, you generate an electromagnetic field, and love itself is at the core of that. But if you feel like that love is there just because of that connection, then you're going to try to hold on to the connection to generate the love. Okay? And the connection will become more and more powerful. But if you do try to hold the connection, you'll lose the love. Because the love is what generated the polarity from the inside. The singularity is what got you to into a duality in order to experience love. But as long as you think that the duality is the cause of it, you will always seek a polar opposite, whether it's in love or in anything else, in order to generate the experience of ecstasy and singularity and love. Okay? The only time that that will change is if you shift from being married to love to actually being this, riding the ecstatic current. Now you can generate duality, you can generate the erotic, but you're not in it. Okay, so in the duality of soul and personality, there's got to be a time when you can pop out. So at the realm of consciousness, you have awareness, and then you have what you're aware of. There's a duality. And the singularity in consciousness is where you go into emptiness. And in the body, you have your masculine and feminine genitals, and you have sexuality, which is amazing, but underneath it is the singularity of the base. And that singularity is where the ecstatic current is coming into the body to play the erotic game. So if you are engaging your eros from the ecstatic, that's different from engaging erotically and revealing the ecstatic. Because if you engage erotically, the ecstatic may show up, but it requires the eros to produce it. Okay? It requires duality and polarity to produce it. Just like romantically, falling in love is, brings the experience of love. But if you can get yourself into the ecstatic without the duality, then you can generate Eros, you can generate love, you can generate consciousness. You can be the black hole at the core of the sun that supernovas it. But you don't need the duality to produce it. Is that clear? Okay, so this is the, say, this is, this is the relationship between the ecstatic and the erotic, or between will and desire. Remember we talked last week that desire, particularly as Mars, mainly works horizontal. You desire something in the world. And then when you turn that desire vertically, you turn the, the arrow of Mars up. Now you desire the void. Okay, first of all, the personality turns it vertical when it's done with the personality world. I don't want to be in business anymore, doing something I don't want to do. I want my soul. So the, 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 the Mars goes vertical, and it goes through a death and a discipline, weaning off the addiction of the body-mind world, and then awakens the soul. And then eventually the soul also wants to go vertical and wants the void. Another dark night experience. 
So now if you can run vertical current and you want the verticality and you want the void more than you want anything in the heart, will is the force of evolution that you've aligned yourself with and allowing to run through you and you become an agent of. But you can't just be on it like a Disney World ride. Okay, you can't just ride the ecstatic current for your own fun. The ecstatic current, because you are a human being on Earth, wants you to focus that ecstatic current into the body-mind world, into the material world, with particular purpose that you take responsibility for as a soul. So that's the standing. That's what you would fail at forever, what you would live and die for. That's the piece of the puzzle, which is your will aligned with the divine will. And, and it's more fun than anything. It can be. Yeah. Well, it's also it that can be. It, it basically tests your pants compared to a tree. A tree right. is running ecstatic currents. And everyone's yep. kind of like, what the fuck? What am I supposed to be here for? It's like, well, basically, you you're able to have perspective. So the very thing we're avoiding of that personal thing is actually the gift of taking non-personal and feeling it through personal. Yeah, and even not even our gift. It's somehow the universe and earth and everything produced self-awareness, which is our curse and our blessing. Because if you're an animal, you're not self-aware, therefore you don't make choices. It's, it's instinctual. But if you're self-aware, you can reflect, you can have sovereignty, you can have, I will do whatever the fuck that I want with my life. Okay, so you've been given free will. So you can decide how you use that will. You can use that will to align, you can use that will to create your own thing, you can use that will for desire. Go and create my own life the way I want it. But you have another possibility, and that is to give that will back to the source of that will. Like the drop returning to the ocean in enlightenment. Your will, your choice about who you are and what you do with your life, you can give that back to the divine will. You can recognize that will was always a gift. It wasn't something you self-generated. You don't beat your own heart. You don't generate your own self-will. You just have a choice of what you do with that will. And that free will, humanity's curse, and humanity's blessing. And it's the thing that can shift a civilization that's hell-bent on its own destruction to a civilization that brings forth an ecstatic um, culture of love and freedom on Earth. But there is choice in it. And each human has that choice and that moment of choice is one of the most incredibly powerful moments of your life as you already will have known from the few times you use that power and it's scary to use that power because you know when you use that power what will result you already know the power of your will and it's only very small compared with what it could be and we would much prefer to let life just sweep around us and then we are free to, you know, we are free to make our choice depending on what happens to us than be someone that actually is a pillar, which means the world dances around that rather than us dance around the world. So how to use your will. Yes, if your will is aligned with a greater will, then you have the resources of that greater will to support you. And that's how you can kind of tell the people that are using will in a very brittle way, like most of our politicians and business people, because they need to keep defending their will. Like they've decided on something and then they've got agreement with a bunch of other people and they need to sustain that because evolution is not supporting it. So they have to fight, use all of their energy to fight evolution in order to hold what they want to happen. If you are in alignment with divine will, you're danced by that will. That will supports you. The earth itself supports you with dark matter. The, the energy of divine will flows through you. So it 
happens and is supported even if you're not holding it. You step away for a day, it doesn't fall over. Whereas if you step out of your corporate job and take too long you know, away on holiday, it won't be there when you get back. If you're in line with your will, you can rest back in the divine will. Take a break. Let the dark light you know, have it. And then you can step forward again. Yeah? How do you avoid the shallowness level of language in this? Like when people are like, I'm for this, whatever. The but it's word never carries the... Of course, the essence. Yeah, but that's how religions started, and that's where they're stuck. Yeah. But then if... Um, we, you know, people do it now with void and ecstasy and ecstatic current, the yeah, same thing that they right. used to do with the will of God and blah, blah, blah. You, um, you avoid the mental stuckness of it by getting transmissions of it when it's al that, that are alive. Because the words are just coating the transmission. Mm -hmm. And we, knew we need more words all of the time because we are evolving and we have more distinctions to make. But then the body-mind will always use words for its own benefit. So yeah. I don't think there's a way of avoiding it. I think there's just, a just becoming aware that we do that and that other people will do that. And other, many people are already come to Haydn and then they want to go out and, and market the teaching in a new, you know, um, business-as-usual paradigm. Okay, you can't stop us doing that. And we do that ourselves all of the time. We get real transmission, then we get an idea about it, and then the idea runs off and tries to go to market. But when you are so tired of going to market and you just want to stay in the waterfall, and the waterfall is more interesting to you than taking the bucket out to the shops, then, then you start to transmit it and live it. And then when you do that in a culture of others, you gradually begin to know and feel when someone's in the current and when they're not. And, and you don't have endless sitting around pointing out to each other when they are and when they're not. The ones in the current just get busy doing. Mm -hmm. And the ones who aren't in the current argue about being in the current. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like there's something when the dark current is truly running, the inspiration of that is truly running, there's a vibration that we recognize energetically. It runs in our body, and then when the sort of the the other sort of coated version of it is coming, it's a very different vibration. But often we only see that in hindsight. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's a present moment awareness or kind of magician's trick or like you know just what what can we do to tune in to the actuality of it in the moment, yeah. so that we're aware of the Greater. It's a bit like learning how to how to master ejaculation control, you know, whatever that is. It's like it happens gradually through osmosis. And I think that for me the, the greatest gift is what I call healthy shame. When I feel the time that I've wasted moving away from the current on some ride that I've told myself is important, some relationship ride, some purpose ride, some, something else, and then I come back and realize that I have been on a ride, mm -hmm. I have healthy shame. Mm -hmm. And the part of me that, that knows that I'm here for something more than that, like, steps in. So it's a difficult thing because it involves discipline, soul discipline. It's a masculine quality. We're on Mars Day, but it's a masculine quality of the soul. And part of the trouble with the idea that we've repressed the feminine in the world and the feminine needs to stand up again and the masculine's unhealthy and so on is that, that that story throws out the deep, healthy masculine. And the healthy masculine is as needed as the healthy feminine. And that healthy masculine will hold you fucking to your word not your word on a body-mind level of like, you said you'd marry me, but the word that says, you said you'd show up for the being and who you came for and what, you said that, and I was fucking there, and I call you to it. And, and that doesn't just happen between us on the outside, it happens inside us. 
it's that voice of conscience, of the masculine conscience that says, are you fucking doing what you came to do? Are you being who you really are? Is this it? Is really, is this it? Is this all you have? Fuck, you're more than this. So that's healthy. It's not shaming, judging mind. It's healthy soul. It says, fuck this. And it's really missing in the world. You might have noticed. Yeah. It's really missing. But, you know, the, the, what you're saying then at, at a spiritual level would be short, um, shortcutting our responsibility for bringing the peace that, we, that lives at the core of our being. And one of those shortcuts is um, uh, endlessly seeking others to do it with us so that we don't actually have to stand alone. Um, endlessly believing that we need to be more developed, that we need to like do another workshop or some other thing in order to do it. Like there are endless ways that we distract mm -hmm. from the terror. Like my experience of it is, is it's terror. Standing on the edge of my own power was terrifying. Because I also have to remember every time I've used power before in other lives and so on, and I've seen the consequences and felt the consequences of that. So to truly wield power, you know you're going to affect people. You're going to be part of the software of a coming civilization. You're going to affect other people's lives and the decisions that they make. So you want to purify that power as much as possible, but you want to wield it. Because if you don't wield it, it's coming anyway. So a sangha of others can really help you, but the fear of your own power is a very different fear from the fear of dying from coronavirus. And it's much longer lasting. To, that, to the part of you that's afraid of owning your power, sometimes you'd rather have the coronavirus and die. <laughs> right? It's like fear of public speaking is greater than the fear of death. But this is, take that to another level. The fear of showing up as the soul that you are, carrying what you're carrying and committing to it and being it is is greater than the fear of like finding some way out. So you have to call yourself. The healthy masculine is what calls you on the inside and says, is there more? Did you come for more? Are you living it? And only you know the answer to that because it's a vibration. But the purpose of this talk today is to remind you that that energy is here and the chances here is you go out of this mystery school, you can go out like, oh, thank God that's over and get your life together, or you can use this last week to realize decisions you make in the next two or three days here could shape the, the course of your life for the next 20, 30, 40 years, could shape lives to come. Like you have that power. You have that power. I want you to use that power as much as you're willing to, as much as you want to. Yeah. Did Jesus feed under the waterfall with his bucket? but he didn't take it to the market. Right. So St. Paul did. Yep. And created Christianity. Sure. And so he's got a bit of, he's got a bit of uh, karma to clean up. Yeah. So I'm just saying that taking the bucket to the market is part of the responsibility. Is, is Jesus is responsible for Paul's marketing? Might be. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. So that's, but that's what I'm saying is that you will create karma yep. if you claim your power. You will, you will create karma. And most people are trying to escape karma. Mm -hmm. But you will create it in the three worlds. because So if you're creating it from love and the use of power, you're going to have cleanup work to do. Don't, don't think you're going to hurry off to another planet when the shit hits the fan. You've got cleanup work. Mm -hmm. But you're also doing it because you fucking love and you care enough about this earth to risk your own future as a soul and your own karmic balance in the scales to fuck up if you need to because your love has grown so intense that it's not acceptable for you not to bring the eternal awe of the way through into manifestation. So if yeah. you surrender to 
if you surrender to uh, the ecstatic current and to love and to divine will and divine desire, then aren't you actually stepping off of that wheel of karma and actually and duality? No, you, you are entering into a greater wheel of karma, the, the karma of souls, rather, that you're, you're getting off your body-mind stuff, for sure. But you're always going to be playing in the world of duality. The question is whether you are playing from within it or without it. And also, by the way, duality goes on forever. Even when you think you're in the ecstatic current, that's just part of another duality, a greater duality than you know how to understand yet. But at least get off the one that you know you're in. Yeah, okay, last thing. So, there's, there's four. Let's go for it, babe. Well, I just want to know, can we learn about the raise at some point? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell now, but like, is that going to be this week? Yeah, look, there's plenty of stuff on the raise that you can research yourself. If I get to it, I do. I'm much more interested in talking to the part of you that's on the inside of that, you know. So you, you can get the esoteric information and six weeks, as you have discovered, is a very short amount of time. Um, but I'm more interested in talking to the core of your soul um, about its will right now. Yeah. So with this will piece, yeah. there's this essence of like really building this muscle of like staying in soul current. So when we yes. get these drops, it's like there's been such, like so many notes on the little things. Yep. Like say you get a hit to create something. Like yep. even fucking going to the grocery store, buying this can of paint, not yep. forgetting to feel that soul current. Yep. And like even just like listening to you and being able to rub Sebastian that I have like a personal connection to. Yep. Building that muscle, like staying in that current. What to put in your mouth, all of those things are part of the current for sure. And the greater includes the lesser, so I'm more interested in the choice that you could make that will direct the course of your life over the next 20 years than whether you put that pee in your mouth right now. Like, I, I'm, I'm more interested in the, in the deep leverage that this can give you. And then, yes, try to bring that all the way through into the, the detail, but you change the big things and the little things will follow. So, yeah. What's that? With the soul karma. Yeah. Is that like he was saying where it's a book instead of, you know, doing the doctor during the phrase and instead makes a bigger decision, like on a personal level, you, you yeah. apply it to the karma, but on a soul decision? Yeah, because all karma really is, is your actions within the manifest world having effect on that manifest world. Oh, okay. So, so, so bad karma is just basically, if you, you know, like at a certain point you drink your cup of karma, which basically says, I take responsibility for everything as a soul that I've done in manifestation up till now. Release me from that karma. So it's just, karma is like the breadcrumb trail in the forest that matter has kept of all of your actions over time. And so the same with the soul as well as the body-mind. I want to come back to close, though, on this, um, on this sense of being called. It's a vocation. You know, the whole idea of what is your vocation? What is your calling? And where does the calling come from? And because we don't do that, our society doesn't do it, in the old days, if you were called to a monastery or you were called into whatever, then we don't have the modern equivalent. This is the modern equivalent. Okay? This is a place for you to experience your calling and to experience what that calling is. And it's a different kind of desire and eros. It's the eros of the soul to truly awaken to its deep purpose and to live that. So there's a, what we don't know, we don't know. But what I can tell you from hindsight and, and, and having to learn my own soul vocation path is I would have wanted someone to tell me how important the use of my will was. What a treasure I, was, I, was, I had inside me that could have enormous impact on me and the lives of others. I wish that I hadn't had to break my own way into the, the treasure, treasure house.
I wish I'd had help. I'd have made less of a mess. So I, I want to direct your attention to the will that lives inside you and, and the necessity of bringing it consciously into expression. Because what I learned after I did is that me deciding not to use my will caused as much karma as me using it. That if you are powerful, you are powerful. Period. Falling on your own sword to save everybody else from the, your misuse of it causes another kind of karma more painful to the heart. Much more painful to the heart. When you realize what you could have done or, or what, what mistakes you could have made in the name of love compared with not playing and feeling safe because you didn't fuck up anyone. So I want you to, I want you to like experience the positive side of your power. And I'd like you to take the break now before lunch to, to be with your challenge buddy, that person who's opposite you on the mandala, the person that you shared why you were here, what your intention for being here was, and and how you would escape, you know, how you would get out of that. And I want you to update that too, because your purpose may have changed. And I want the, your challenge buddy to be your soul, healthy, masculine buddy. They're not giving you dark feedback from, oh, you've got this thing. The dark feedback, real dark feedback, is stuff you don't want to give. Not because you're activated by the person's body-mind. It's the stuff you don't want to say because you know it might cost you relationship with this person. But I want you to help each other by looking for what needs to die in you so that the life you are can more fully live. What's in the way of you fully showing up as the being that I can feel sometimes, that I've got to know, that I celebrate? So spend some time in that dark masculine reflection of how can you die more fully so you can live? Okay, that's the cheery chat this morning. <laughs>